This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastia. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. <laughs> You're hiding, man. We've just, this is like our 10th take on this uh, because we, uh, something funny happened and we just couldn't re- regain our composure. So hopefully we're back. Um, but uh, hide right behind the screen. <laughs> the whole time. We're gonna we're gonna get back into topic here in just a minute. But um, if you go to practicalshepherding.com, uh, all of our resources are there. You can give an end of the year gift that would be a big help to us. And we're actually gonna cover a topic that was written into us to cover that actually fits well into the end of the year stuff in regard mm-hmm. to church life. And that is, uh, we got asked to address business meetings or members meetings or however you want to refer to them into the year, which is typically when the budget is put forward mm-hmm. of a church as well as other just maybe end of the year decisions, maybe, you know, missions giving or surplus yeah. money's given. Like there's big decisions made in churches uh, th- at the very end of the year. So this is a really important conversation to have because churches find themselves a lot of times either in hey, praise God, we have this surplus. Do we give it away? Do we keep it for something here at the church? And there's blessings around that. Or you're passing a budget that's like, hey, look how the church has grown and and the resources have grown. But in many cases, these meetings are hard meetings. Yeah, I can say personally, I've been in these hard meetings. Uh, I pastored a church that never had as much money as we wish we had to do the things we wanted to do and even some of the basic needs that we still wanted to try to cover as a church. So... I've been in the blessing meetings. I've been in the hard meetings. Um, and uh, so we want to talk about this and maybe how to address this, how to approach them. You know, as uh, How do you approach them pastorally, knowing there's all kinds of things going on in people's minds and hearts around these kind of meetings? When you're talking about money, you're talking about finances, budgets, uh, you know, and all those, uh, all those kinds of resources and where they go, as well as decisions for the next year mm. that, that, that will impact the church. Let's think biblically first, Jim, about this. Is there anything in the New Testament that helps us know that the the, the, the great quote of many pastors that business meetings aren't in the Bible, so I'm not going to have them, and that's one of the ways to get out of them. But I don't think that's necessarily true, is it? Well, yeah, it, it, I think there are several things you, you look at, and, and you know, there's the whole matter of doing things decently and in order. There's the issue of not letting your good be spoken of as evil. I think there's a recognition that finances are part of scandals in churches and that to have an above-board, open, clear demarcation yeah. of money that came in and how that money is spent uh, you know, are, are things that matter. I think, Brian, pastorally, you, you look at the issue of, of church management. If, if, if a man doesn't know how to manage his own home, how will he take care of the Church of God, and there is at least some parallel there between household management, which certainly includes the matter of financial care, uh, and the management of the church, so that the pastor is, you know, to some degree involved in that. And, and the question is, how much is the pastor involved in that? Uh, it, and is the matter of budgeting and the planning of the budgeting? Is that a diaconal matter? Is that a, in some churches, there will be a financial committee. Is it a financial committee matter? And if it is a financial committee, is that it, are the members of that finance committee, are, is there an elder, is there a deacon or pastor uh, on that? And, and who has the final say yeah. in how the monies given are proportioned? Because in some ways, how that money is proportioned 
is going to demonstrate what your view of ministry is, what the what the purpose of the church is, uh, and how do you prioritize those things so that if something has to go, you know, you're saying we may like it, but something has to go, or that something can be added. You know, who and how is that determined? And so that's where I do think exegesis at some point is going to come in in some spiritual instruction, because this isn't like budgeting a, a you know theater troupe or budgeting a a sports team or budgeting a business. It's budgeting right. a church, and a church has different priorities. And and what are those priorities? And we can talk about that. What are those priorities, and how do you assign a dollar value to what those priorities are? Yeah, that's good. And I think as you were talking, something else came to mind, just thinking of a biblical context. And that's the qualifications of a pastor in First Timothy 3 mentions two things that really point to this. One is that a pastor should be above reproach. And when we're talking right. about finances, you know, in the church, that a pastor's too steward, that's a big part of that. Because and then it mentions also that he can't he should not be a lover of money. Right. And I think there's a lot of implications to that qualification. But one of them being certainly what we're talking about here, that that a pastor would not make decisions around financial stewardship and resources out of uh, ha- I mean, having a love for money, that would be, you know, that would be a disaster. And, you know, Jim, the, the ministry we do here at Practical Shepherding, the amount of church situations and pastoral situations yeah. that we deal with here, we get brought into around the tre- the longtime treasure stealing money for years yeah. in a church. Or a pastor. Or a pastor right, stealing right. money. I mean, what a yeah. what a black eye on on the, the testimony of a local Absolutely. church. So you know, we want this is an important thing for us to have a conversation about because that that end of the year members meeting or that business meeting or that bud that meeting where the church comes together one of the few times in some churches where a church actually votes and that's on the budget you know as you said this is not a this is not a, a sports team this is not a business this is a church it functions off the giving of the church members right and so and a pastor's salary it's tied into that, tied which, into which that. makes it, in, in a lot of ways, complicates and makes it difficult for a pastor to be involved in this process. So if an unbeliever wants to ask us, hey, why is this really a big deal to have this conversation at the end of the year for the budget to be passed? Because every member in the church has buy-in. There's a personal investment right, by church members around this. There's a lot of pastors, all their eggs are in this, in this basket. And yeah. so, there, so this meeting... Is there's a lot riding on it. There's a lot of emotion tied into it around mm-hmm. all kinds of different people. And I just want to I just want to say that and set the stage on why these meetings can become a blessing and a celebration, or they can become volatile and hostile, and conflicts can just just erupt in the midst of them because you're talking about not just talking about church money, you're talking about money that people have spent all year giving to, and mm-hmm. now the church as a whole is making a decision about how to spend that. Right. So so we want to have this conversation. Uh, let me first ask you, though, Jim, so how does your church uh, function at the end of the year? Think uh, how you pass your budget. Uh, you know, you talked about what are those stages that the budget gets passed, how those numbers come, become what they are, surplus giving, you know, all those kinds of things that, that churches deal with. How have you all handled that? Well, Brian, we go back, and we, we, you're trying to go, uh, in some ways, have to go back to the beginning of the ministry, and, and that was elders really trying to uh, kind of think through the issues of priority. 
And so just real quickly, I have my four, what I call my four M's. Uh, so it's, it's uh, men, missions, mercy, mortar. Are the you know and, and in that order? Yeah, that's good. So men, men in ministry that the that it, it behooves the church to take care of its pastor, uh, the work of missions, extension of the kingdom, uh, that money be spent in the issue of the realm of mercy, mercy yeah. and taking care of God's people, and then the excess, the possibility of what are called mortar, and that is buildings, grounds, you know, those sorts of things. A church can function well without having a building if they're, and I think, and they can face God with a good conscience. I'd rather have a church face God at the end of the day, as it were, having taken care of their pastor, having promoted the work of the kingdom, and having done mercy without ever having a building than uh, putting all that money into the a building and then not having enough left over to be able to take care of a family in need, right, not right. be able to support a missionary family, and not being able to take care of your pastor. I think that's backwards. Yeah, right. Um, but it's tempting yeah. uh, because it's it's visible, something you can see and, sure. and, and whatnot. So we try to establish that in proportion. But then you have to ultimately, in light of what you have, you have to then assign. So you, you have to work within the limits of what you have. So if you only take in $100,000, you can't, you can't say, well, 75000 is going to go to mercy and twenty and, and fifty to, to a pastor. Well, you've already extended your budget. Yeah, you, you know? don't have that much. So you have to be able to look at it and say, in, in proportion. So what is the proportion of our missions budget? Is it 10%? Is it 15%? What's the budget? What's the, what's the realm of our uh, mercy budget going to be, et cetera? You have to be able to look at that and say, all right, these are what the percentages are. And then as we take in more money, then we can, we can allot that more. But again, say a church assigns at least 10% is going to go to missions. So you take in $100,000, it's $10,000. Next year you take in 200, so now it's $20,000 or whatever it is, or that a, a proportion of it should reflect these things. The pastor's income is going to be a bit more fixed than that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to say, okay, well, we took in three hundred thousand dollars. He made fifty thousand last year. Well, now we can pay him two hundred. I think that's probably too big a jump. And you know, you're, you're you're getting into you know, even perhaps depending on where he lived, questionable territory there. Um, you may set it out um, in that way, but the issue of I. Uh, is a do we have enough money to take care of a man full time? I think that that's that's an important issue. I think a lot of the church growth and is going to get into that. That that becomes embarrassing often for a pastor because unlike everybody else in the church, his salary and his compensation is going to be discussed among twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred. You know, a guy who works at the bank doesn't have his. You know, not everybody knows what he makes. Not everybody in the church knows what he makes. The carpenter doesn't have to come up and show everybody his 1040 or, you know, whatever else. Nobody else has to do that. He does. And then even have to have that debated of that's too much or that's too little, and especially when it's debated that it's too much. Yeah. And then he has to sit there and just take it. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or does he try to say, no, no, I, I, I'm worth more than that. So that makes the the difficulty of it. But I think that the ultimate decisions of how that breaks down, having established, I think, to some degree exegetically, these are the priorities. And then you allow a church assigned financial committee or the deacons to then apportion that according to what they know the giving of the church is. Yeah, that's helpful. And I think what I want us to do is let's you and I put two different hats on for this conversation because there's probably two different main listeners to this. And that's the, the pastor who comes to the end of the year and 
you met budget, you surpassed it. We have all we have surplus funds. The pastor's taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, the church is thriving financially in that way. And then on this other side, you've got a church that didn't meet budget and right. is having to make cuts and having to think about what do we do with the pastor. So since I was in that situation a bunch of times, and you are in a situation that God has really has blessed financially through right. the years, let's let's put that let's let's kind of uh, put our those two hats on and let's think about you know how do you approach that that congregational meeting about the budget and expl- and have the conversation of hey God has blessed us uh, you know what here's what we're going to do with this money. Here's right. how we need to approach this next year with our budget, knowing it's grown in this way. Will you talk a bit about what that end-of-the-year meeting looks like? And yeah. Then I'll, then I'll talk about the others. Sure. So what we do generally you know, through the years is we we are made aware. You know, generally throughout the years, you're made aware of certain uh, extra needs, and those are primarily in the realm of missions and in the realm of mercy. Occasionally, there'll be a need uh, in regard to mortar, you know, and that is a, an alteration to the building or something that, you know, we have this money. Yeah. We think we could use it in this way. We think it would be profitable. So, and we actually did it. We did an alteration on our building. Brian, you've seen it. We created a, like, I don't know what to call it, a, like a large living room, a very large den with couches and nice chairs. That's great. And, and, That's and, great. and it, and it is it necessary? No, but but are all are 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 folks using it? Yes, and after a service, you know, to go and sit there with as families with families, some of the young people enjoy using it, and they just get to sit there in a comfortable open space. It's off the fellowship, right as part of the fellowship hall, yep. and it's just nice. Yep. Uh, we've we've held some of our practical shepherding board meetings we have. there, and it's just it's just nice and comfortable. Yeah. Uh, not necessary, but because we we did have money and because uh, other things had been met, you know, we, we do that. So anyway, uh, we budget fairly close to our what we think is our income. Income and budget go together, so we we budget in accordance with that for the most part. If there are is extra, and there has almost always been extra, and thank again in our case, sometimes it's in the twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year extra that you put into savings, so that we have a significant you know savings account that we we can yep. then make decisions of. Right. But sometimes, so we we come up with the budget, we send the budget out to the congregation for weeks ahead of time, mm-hmm. and we elicit discussion. And and people feel free throughout the year to come and say that I become aware of a need, or here's a, a, a ministry that we have come into contact with, or here is a missionary that we know is you know would, could you consider? And so that is then brought before primarily the elders and the deacons. The deacons disperse that, generally speaking that we are, they are given certain amount of freedom and leeway within uh, a certain financial amount you know you you don't need to talk to the elders about that you all talked about it you prayed about it we trust you if you want to give a thousand dollars to this family to help meet yeah. their mortgage this month or you know whatever else fine yeah if it's twenty thousand dollars let's let's have a meeting have a let's, let's yeah. talk about it and then possibly we might need to take that to the church if it's of, of such an extent so that's kind of it, it 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 is how much what's the level of it but we want the church and congregation to be involved 
in that process by looking over it, by inviting discussion, having discussion, explaining what our priorities are as a church, how we arrive at these decisions. And Jim, is it a celebration? These meetings, uh, when, when ours has almost always just been a celebration. Yeah, so yeah. Our, our business meetings, we've had almost all just really good. I mean, our, our, our business meetings can end with the singing of the doxology mm-hmm. and with our with a sense of, of joy. I mean, yeah. unless we're having a, a meeting about discipline or something like that, yeah. our, our, our meetings have generally been marked by a sense of just real thankfulness because we can look back. I can look back and remember in my first year there at the church, we took in $9,000. Yeah. Uh, and so to see the way that it's grown since then has really been encouraging. So, which I'm really happy for you. My experiences were very different right. than yours. And so I want to talk about those a minute because I think there's a lot of pastors in this spot. Sure. How do you maneuver through this? Though I don't want to ignore that. That's why I wanted to ask you that because I do believe there are pastors. That's a, it's a good problem to have. But nonetheless, how do you handle surplus? And how do you handle, you know, this, especially when... How do you handle surplus when the pastor's probably not paid what he should be paid, and you're the pastor? And like, uh, yeah. there's challenges around that. But you know, I went from in the early years, like members meetings being just f- times where people would fight and conflict and all those kind of things. And when that died down after several years, you know, they they became more like family meetings and more more meaningful and those kind of things. But every year, I, I always joked about this because, you know. <laughs> I, I used to say that, and of course we're congregational, so the congregation votes on the the budget at, mm-hmm. in, every year. Yeah, and I, I always joked that uh, every year the church gets to determine, you know, how badly they want me to be their pastor, mm. because you know a good fifty percent of the you know over half of the budget is my salary and benefits and all those kinds right. of things, and so you know that's that's always the elephant in the room for every pastor, and I want to highlight that because I think. Most pastors feel that way, but not a lot of people talk about it. And it's just, it's the reality. You're full-time at a church that's an, a normative-sized church that's functioning on a, you know, $100,000, $200,000 annual budget. Right. Uh, yours is a big chunk of that budget. And, right. and it, it, nobody says it, but it just feels like that the church really determines how much they want you at this point when so <laughs> much of the budget ter- pours into you. Right. Now, I pastored a church that eventually people... Without hesitation, uh, would affirm that value. In fact, you know, wanted to cut other things to be able to take care of us more. That was the effort that people made. But we just never had uh, as much as we wish we had. So right. it was always a, a crunching number game between how much we get to missions, how much we take care of the pastor, how much we put into these ministries, how much do we not put into any of these ministries that we can kind of raise on our own with monthly. Because it became this. You know this clever way to try to just maximize the the monies we had for the ministries that, that we wanted to be able to pour into. There were budgeted items that had zero on them, and we're saying, but in April we're going to ask the church maybe people would give an extra gift for us to fund this ministry. So right. it it became really complicated and a yeah. lot of conversations. And I just want to highlight that that's okay. That that's just we had to. That's what we had to figure out. We had to at one year we had to cut missions. Because the finances were such bad shape, we had to cut missions entirely, which was really hard to do, uh, and nobody wanted to do it. But when we did it, we basically said, okay, we're going to every month have a different ministry we give to, and whatever $5 mm. people can give, we're going to give something to it. But we had to cut it as far mm. as in the budgeted lines to be just to pay our bills. When we made that change, 
we ended up giving more money to missions every year after that. Uh, so God uses financial troubles and struggles to make us press into it a bit and aligns us with his will even more. So I just I want to highlight that that if you're in a situation like I was for years and years where you never had enough money, you're trying to figure out what to cut and what to prioritize and mm. all those things, God's in that is what yeah, I want to highlight. Right. Okay, God's in, like he's provided what you have. He always I had to remind myself every this he's provided I had to remind myself every year, you know, if I could have all the money in the world for this budget, but take away the unity and the excitement right. and the maturity and the leaders that I have here and the fellowship we have here that right. God did over the course of those who know my story. You know, I never, you know, I was in a position where I didn't take that for granted. 10 out of 10 times, I was like, let me scramble to figure out how to pay for stuff. Like I would never want to trade that organic culture of the church that God did. So if, if you're listening to this and you're in the end of the year, and you're struggling with your budget, especially coming out of the mm. next year out of COVID. Like, there's some budget struggling. Yeah. Um, keep in mind that you know, live within your means, just like God, like we're supposed to in our personal life. And this is what God's provided. Yeah. Live within your means. Um, I want to stress that those meetings don't have to be a drudge. In other words, and I think they can be this kind of woe is us. You know, this is where we are. Nope. This is what God's provided. Let's figure out how to steward it well. But. You know how this is where numbers becomes a, 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 an illusion of health and and vibrancy uh, around how many people we have and how much money we have. That's not the indicator as much as so many other biblical fruit that is it's to be evaluated. Brian, I think part of the angst that comes with a business meeting is that guy at the oh, business oh, meeting. Oh, that guy. Yeah, you know the guy, guy I'm talking about. I know that you guy know well. Who he is. I know that guy well. How do you? In, in a congregational setting, he's got a voice, and yet it's it's always negative. It's always distressing. If 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 he weren't there, it would have a whole different cast to the meeting. How do you deal with that? Did you have that guy in your church? I did, and it's a great question. And we we would always send our guy out for pizza uh, <laughs> right before we started. That you know, the, it, it's a great question. I think the the simple answer is. You alluded to it, like full transparency, send the budget out ahead of time, have as many one-on-one conversations with as many people as you think you need to have around this. Uh, you know, obviously think about how is the hierarchy set up in other words, is there a finance committee that takes the budget to the church? Right. Or as we did, we kept a committee that was kind of the, a, a voice to speak into it, but the elders are the ones that ultimately started driving this years later. And so, yeah. you know, I think you have to figure out who are the people who are supposed to be shaping this budget to then take to the church. But it's almost like you want to identify how you want to identify that guy and go take him the budget and sit down with him and say, give me your thoughts and hear them one on one. And he may still show up and be that guy at the meeting, but at least you have allowed him to speak into it. And when he speaks up, and wants to challenge something that's already been a decision that's been made by twelve different people who spent hours in the budget. You're able to look at him and say, you know, so and so. You know, by the way, you know, we we met on this for a couple of hours and we had this conversation already. So, right. but the and, but you remember the answer I gave you was this. Right. But, it, but what it does is it lets people know that you had that conversation. Like, like the, uh, this yeah, is not right. a surprise. So, right. I think it takes the power away from whatever he's trying to sabotage, at least to let people know we didn't try to hide this from him and he's bringing it up. Like we've brought, so I think that's how you deal with that guy. 
And the second is is to bring a budget to the church that is not resting on one person or two people. Like mm. if you have elders, make sure the elders are all on board with this budget. If you have a finance committee, make sure that finance committee is all on board when right. they bring it to the church. That's usually the key, I think, to to be able to squash the guy who's trying to sabotage okay. the meeting. Yeah. So Very good. So any final thoughts on this, Jim, around uh, just as we're, we're coming? This will probably release around the end of the year. These meetings have either already had or would have them the first of the yeah. year. Any final counsel for pastors dealing with difficulties around these conversations? I guess as much as anything, it it is just trying to bring your emotions and fears and anxieties and cast those burdens on the Lord. It it it, it recognize it's difficult. Recognize having your life and you know that your 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 finances. Uh, I mean, in a sense, every everybody who's employed by somebody, unless you have your own business, you know, somebody's going to determine what your salary is. Yeah, right. Uh, the difference is in this case, it's not you know all your friends and family and everybody else. You know, looking at it, and and again, depending on on your view of ministry, you're either going to think, I can't believe you pay the guy that much, and you have to deal with that. That people think you are well, you you could barely be making it, and people are going to think you're overpaid. Yeah, right, right. And, and and then also the kindness of others who love and appreciate you, and and they would like to you know pay you more, and then you're having to decide, you know, even for the sake of your family, how do you do that? Do you say, well, actually, yes, we could use that. Or trying to be maybe magnanimous and turning it down when in fact you really did need it. Yeah, and, yeah, and really so hard. so those are really difficult things. And so I just encourage you maybe seek some counsel from some others. Recognize the difficulty in this. It's it's natural. It's human. You're not weird if you're feeling you know all, all of those things. But you need to have somebody on the financial committee that you're able to speak openly to, but then also give appropriate pastoral direction toward, because the Bible does inform us in regard to what we give to and the proportions of it. So uh, I can't remember, I dealt with a situation with sleep practical shepherding, I think, where, where, you know, the church was involved in something, and I can't remember what it was, it was like a yoga class or something like that, where they were you know, like, why is the church sponsoring a yoga class? You know, that, that kind of, you know, should, is that part of the, the ministry of the church or, you know, whatever the case, but somebody decided that that was going to be part of their life together, you know? So, so who decides those yeah, things? Yeah. I think you have a voice in that. You need to use your voice and, and in a right sense and an appropriate sense, ensure that your family's taken care of. I think that that's, that's needed and necessary. Yeah. And you're going to have to skate between those in the congregation who resent that and those who are going to cheer you on for it. Which is why I, I think it, of all possible, have someone else on that committee or another elder or leader or whoever it is advocate for you. Right. And it's very hard. I just want to recognize this. Pastors, it's very hard yeah. to advocate for your own salary. Right. But it's important that you're taken care of the best they church can. But somebody else usually needs to advocate for that. Here's the final word I want to say on this, though. As somebody who lived in a church for years and years, that the Lord was clearly at work, but we didn't have a lot of money. And that's yeah. this. Money is something that you are responsible to steward what God has given you. It is not the tool to evaluate where God, whether God's working or right. not. Right, exactly. And I want to emphasize that because so often when, when there's not a lot of money, we think God's not working. Mm. And God may not be working like you want, but there's other evidences to point to that. Money is to be stewarded. Whatever we're given, we're to, we're to steward that. But 
we spend way too pastors spend way too much time being discouraged in ways I don't think they should right. because they just don't have as much money as they wish they had. Right. And so so be mindful of that as you go into this new and and tell your church that you know hey this is what God's given us it's okay uh, this is you know we need to just right. know how to steward this and it's not. To, it's not to shame your people to give more and all that's not how this should should work so um jim will you take a minute to pray for pastors sure. to have wisdom around this end of the year issue? yeah father in heaven thank you that you you're the god of all things and you know us you know us all together and you know the things that that burden us and sometimes burden us in ways that we would we'd rather not uh, be burdened or we are disproportionately burdened about these matters that are in so many ways outside our control. But help us, Father, to be faithful stewards. Help us, Father, to be wise in, in expressing priorities and, and uh, helpful in allowing our churches in a right way to follow us uh, in these matters. We ask for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.